Hello, everyone. It is Jet Tattersall here with you again. Welcome back to the Women in Pop podcast. Now, the next issue of Women in Pop magazine is just a few weeks away. And to make sure you get a copy, go to womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe and keep an eye on our social media pages. Just search Women in Pop to find out the incredible women we are featuring in issue 10. Now, on to today's guest. She is one of the most wonderful young talents on the music scene. Growing up in Los Angeles, she released her first single, Mina, in 2019, with her incredible debut EP, Minor, coming out last year. She has accumulated over 400 million streams worldwide and is currently one of the top 10 most streamed artists in Australia. She has just released the new single, Mess It Up, and she is here to tell us more. It is, of course, Gracie Abrams. Gracie, hello, and welcome back to Women in Pop. Hi, thank you so much for having me again. I like don't deserve to be here, but I could not be happier to be here. Are you kidding? <laughs> I wish I were there in person. I like, I'm, I feel so sad. I still have never been once. Well, we can blame like, you know, global collapse on that. So when You're that right, always... that would, that would for sure contribute. <laughs> don't take, don't take the blame for that. There's like, All right, <laughs> so fair. many fingers I'll, pointing I'll on that. that. <laughs> if you want, I can add it to the, you know, to everyone else's governed house. I would think it was Gracie's fault. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How have you been keeping these days? I've been, I've been totally good considering um, what this past year has been for, you know, very large for everyone. Um, and I feel really lucky to, to be seeing real change, like in Los Angeles specifically, just people getting vaccinated, people taking care of themselves and their families and everyone staying as safe as possible. I feel really lucky that I'm safe and my family's safe and that I've been able to write and work from home. It's, it's uh, for sure a huge blessing. So I've been good. How are you? Oh, we're doing just fine. We're in a bit of a bubble down here. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Right, you know. right, right. But I wanted to say, you did just mention about people getting vaccinated and I'm going to jump right down towards the end of where I was going to chat with you. You have always been so very, uh, I want, I want to say politically, you've been very vocal about how you feel about so many things in the world, which is such a huge breath of fresh air. And I saw recently that um, you were the same as well, encouraging people to go and get vaccinated. Um, And I just want to know um, how, I guess, imperative is it for you with the platform that you have to have a voice and to share opinions and to encourage others to do the same? Well, I mean, I don't know how to separate my like work from my personal life, I guess, including like all kind of feelings and beliefs and opinions. And I never, you know, intend to force any of those opinions onto others. But I also have always appreciated as a fan of tons of artists with massive platforms, like hundreds of times the size of mine when they've spoken about things that um, need to be discussed. And, and so to me, I don't know how to separate the two. I feel really lucky to have the platform that I have and to have like found the community that I found and the people that, you know, listen to my music or don't and just follow me, like whatever it is. I just feel like my generation is, um, we've been lucky to be able to connect with so many people uh, all over the world um, so immediately. And so just to, I don't know, it is incredibly important to me. I definitely don't know how to not do it at this point. So do you think in today's 
world that we're living in, obviously a celebrity or the musician and the artist have such a connection. They're able, you particularly have such a personal connection with your audience. Whereas um, not that long ago, there was very much a line you know what I mean? We had a magazine and occasionally we get an MTV interview, but there was, we didn't really get opinion. We weren't allowed to hear their opinions and possibly they were even stopped from saying opinions. Like there was a lot more control. So is it something that you, that you feel like was missing in music? Do you, do you hear it in other people? Do you want people to push harder? Like that social conscience in pop music? Yeah. Although I, I do totally respect, um, you know, however much people feel comfortable, comfortable sharing, I think it, it is such a personal thing. But uh, as a like consumer, and a fan of music, like what I love about music more than anything else is the is lyric and songwriting and the artists that I've always felt um, most connected to have been the ones that uh, write their own music. And so I have already automatically kind of invested in what their feelings and opinions are. And so to feel like as a fan, I have access now to, you know, their opinions outside of their, you know, like childhood or their, you know, like romantic relationships or, you know, whatever it is. Like I, I really, I personally care. So I can imagine that I'm not the only one who feels that way. And so to have, um, to feel connected to people that have massive platforms uh, makes problems that feel massive I think a lot more tangible um, and kind of easier to digest sometimes um, and I know that that can be complicated too because social media is so tough in general um, just to it's hard to like see so much and to absorb so much and to be okay and to know how to feel but I I always err on the side of, of the more information the better so so yeah Beautiful. And I know that um, this is how you started out, really. You started releasing on SoundCloud. And so you, you know what I mean? Like a lot of artists these days, it, it starts very, not small, it starts very contained. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're curating yourself. And through this, you become friends with the people that are listening and sharing your music. 100%. So I guess when it comes to that, as you said, that overshare, it's not really an overshare because you're connecting with your audience on people. That's how that I, feel. Trust. I feel. I feel that way. Yeah. And yeah. what have been some of those real highlights for you in the reaction from audience and not even necessarily uh, their reaction to your songs, but their reaction to you and what you're gunning for? I mean, so many of the people that listen to, to my music are my age. So I very much feel like, I feel validation in being able to talk about my experiences with them, you know, on Instagram live or, you know, like, DMs or um, when I did the, I did <laughs> because touring obviously couldn't happen last year, I did shows through Zoom in my bedroom and, and to have such a personal connection made me feel a lot safer releasing music in general. Like I don't know how to explain it really other than it feels just like a, a big friend group and to have relationships like that in general but also especially last year when we were when I was as isolated as I felt I was and and you know not leaving the house to to be able to see people across the world to know that they you know like have felt the same way that I've felt and and that that they've gone through the same experiences that I've written you know songs about it's so 
uh, it like really cuts deep for me in a way that motivates my writing differently than I ever could have imagined it would for sure. Beautiful. And I mean, songwriting, I mean, we have, actually, you know what, I'm going to, I should do it in order. Let's go into mess it up first. (laughs) Um, What a song. And also what I'm digging about it is it's paired with this gorgeous video where you're basically cocking up making a cake which (laughs) is just perfect i'm just going to play that now Close, I just go mess it up. I keep thinking maybe if you let me back in, we can make it better, breaking every habit. Put myself together, you can watch it happen. Let it happen. Now, your vocals on this track are absolutely stunning. And what I love about it is there's kind of uh, a third narrative, which is in the way your vocals come out. So you've got the melody, you've got the lyrics, but then you're playing with your voice where you sound absolutely exasperated and spent. Um, It's really beautiful. And was that intentional or was it just how you were feeling when you were recording that day? I am lucky to to work with um, Blake Slacken. He's my like main collaborator. Um, He is my favorite to cut vocals around because he sees me writing uh, in the room often and I get really worked up when I'm writing like I, I it's almost like that part is for sure the most emotional for me and and so whenever we go to cut vocals he'll always be like remember exactly how you felt when you wrote that because you want it to translate and so I always keep that in the back of my head um, because I do feel again like I'm just such a fan of music and whenever I've listened to something where I can really hear the emotion and the vocal and the lyric the combination like kills me. So I, I, you know, I hope to have achieved that to a degree on this song and on everything that I'm, I'm making right now. Cause, um, cause it matters to me so much. It's absolutely incredible. And I think um, obviously it's, it's different as it should be um, from your earlier releases. Um, I want to say it's, I always want to say it's like shoulders are pulled back a little more. But I think mm. that's what we do. We grow when we get a little more ha. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's that signature vulnerability that you have that's actually very strong. So, um, yeah, it's gorgeous. Thank well you. Thank you. That's so nice. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. And this was your first single since uh, Brush Fire, which I'm going to play also because this is my favorite track.
I adore this song. And anyone listening, please check out the live performance on YouTube because it's something else. Thank you. Something else. Again, there's something very thick um, and indulgent in the simplicity of the lyrics and this almost kind of repetitive mantra about this song. And again, your vocals tell a story that's like secondary to the lyrics. Can you dissect that song for me? Because I just think it's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wrote that song in a spiral of feeling responsible for getting very close to something being uh, like in my head perfect, something that I'd romanticized and, and doing the littlest things to to make it less perfect. And, and I think that like as a songwriter, like just a writer in general and someone that like reads lyrics even when I'm not listening to music, like I really... Uh, I, I overthink, like I just do, like I, I really frankly do. And so when I was writing Mess It Up, I wanted so badly to portray that kind of like Groundhog's Day feeling of just again and again and again and again. It's like this this spiral that I experience often inside my head. Um, and the, the, the production, uh, I was really, excited by uh, because I, I knew I wanted to, like you said, kind of like take a step forward in terms of tempo a little bit while staying as honest as I could with what the lyrics were and not letting those get buried under, um, you know, all the, all the production elements. But um, it was definitely a joy for me to make it because it also gave me a, a newfound kind of like sense of confidence in making music that didn't just sound like a vocal and a, and a piano, um, because that's how I write mostly everything anyway. But to take it uh, one step further was really, it was a relief. Beautiful. And I mean, we, we talked about um, this previously, how your songwriting is so delicate and precise um, and very top note, but at the same time, it carries all this emotional depth with it, which is an incredible line to walk. You're a songwriter you know, front and foremost, who are your songwriting sheroes? Oh, Joni Mitchell is my like number one forever. Um, I listen to her in the car with my mom, in the kitchen, on the weekends, by myself, like on my CD player, upstairs in my room in elementary school. Like she was just this constant voice in my head. And then Phoebe Bridgers, I found on YouTube when I was 12 and finding her music, listening to her sing the words she was writing in a way that felt like I, it made me want to be an artist. Um, that was kind of like a, a, a switch for me because I never really, I never really thought about that at all. I just loved writing up until that point and hearing someone in my generation of female songwriter be as vulnerable as she was with her lyrics was like such a mind-blowing experience for me when I was that young because I loved Joni so much but I was also aware that like she was kind of of a different time um so it weirdly didn't feel as accessible but finding Phoebe was huge and then Taylor Swift like I just grew up on Taylor just like every hour of every day um just to name a few yeah but those three I like would die for. Do you think there was a definite shift in culture where, like you said, you didn't, you didn't hear the heroes 
singing their lyrics as you were so invested in the song and what it meant and you were dissecting them that you were looking so far back in time to hear that sound and that honesty. And do you think that is like with artists such as yourself, that's definitely changing now because people are singing their own lyrics from a very young age. Yeah, I think it's cool to to watch. I feel like um, I feel like every upcoming artist that I listen to right now, um, or younger artists in general, they are all songwriters. Maybe that's just me because I like I'm so addicted to like narrative and people being open about their feelings and that kind of thing that maybe I just personally gravitate towards that. But I also I also having been in sessions recently with different people have also heard that that's been the case kind of more so recently, just internally with, with this industry that people do want to feel hyper connected to what they, you know, to what they make and put out and then have to go tour. Like I just think about, I, I sometimes when I think about touring, I'm like, Oh God, is it going to be like a little bit of torture every time because of how personal the songs are to have to kind of, show after show because it feels so uh just connected to my personal life like to relive those little snippets um but I can't wait obviously I'm like sign me up immediately please with that in mind I mean we talked previously about um tapping in to those emotions even when you're recording the song and then like you said you're going to be bringing them out live and of course when you're doing a tour you're doing those songs night after night for different people. I just wanted to know for you personally, is there something about, I guess you're getting these, these messages and these connection with audience and maybe what that song means for them also helps you bring it. Like if you've dug a memory for yourself so many times that you can't dig it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have never once played a live show. So I, you know, I wish I could speak more to, to that experience, but, um, hopefully soon, but, uh, you played on the Zoom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I was going to say even over Zoom, like to, to play a show to then read messages from people who were in (laughs) the chat room telling me about what their personal experiences were connected to each song and then playing a show the following day. Like it really does ha- like, it's like the stories pile up on each other in a way where I know for a fact that, um, and it's what I love about music in general. It's like, it's so up for interpretation all the time. And, you know, one line might strike a chord for someone, you know, more than the next. And that can carry an entire experience with a song. Like I know for me, I have so many, just like these really upfront memories about music based on the tiniest details sometimes like and so of course I don't know I I I think because maybe it's because I I am so constantly in touch with the people who listen to my music as much as I can be that I am super aware of what their stories are but it definitely helps and it makes me feel like refreshed about about the music for sure beautiful yeah it's gorgeous kind of infinity loop that just keeps going around. Um, When we last spoke, you'd recently written with Sarah Ahrens, who was just like a female beacon of light in a previous sea of white industry men. (laughs) (laughs) And you made a wonderful point about regarding the, um, the safe choice that an industry will often make where they're like, even if they don't necessarily agree with it, they'll go like, Oh, but he's been doing it a long time. So it just makes sense that he would be in this room. 
Are you finding that still the case that it's just predominantly dudes instructing you on how to do it? They can be the loveliest dudes in the world, but I just mean, is it a blanket of dudes? Um, I think generally, if you like compared the numbers, I'm sure it is still very largely majority dudes, but, uh, I also feel like I have been thoughtful about the people I'm spending my time with and stories with and, um, the people that I work with on the, you know, like business side, so surrounded by women, which is incredible for me to find like support from women there is a huge deal um, to feel like I'm getting advice from women who have been in this industry so much longer than I have sometimes longer than I've been alive. Like that makes me feel super safe um, and heard and seen in ways that uh, I think it's not necessarily anyone's fault, but when it comes to, to men, there can be, a serious disconnect sometimes and and I'm really aware of how young I am in this industry and wanting to be protective of myself as well I think like that goes for the creative and for the business side I'm learning obviously every single day like anytime I'm in a room with anyone um I I really try to listen more than anything else just to just to pick up on habits or advice or anything. I just, I just feel lucky to have the women that I work with for sure. And in terms of, I mean, just talking about Sarah, like she is such a legend of a person and a writer and hearing about her experiences in the industry have helped shape the way that I think about the rooms I walk into. And I think it's really just I'm like collecting these experiences right now, but, um, I also am, I'm, I'm working with a ton of women. I think that's a choice. That's beautiful. And I just saw them visually or behind you, like a ton of women <laughs> just working with <laughs> exactly. them all. Exactly, exactly. Um, and lastly, Gracie, before I leave you, you know, things mm-hmm. are picking up. The world is shifting. There's new music out there. By the way, I am going to quickly play Unlearn, which was your delicious collaboration with Benny Blanco, who's a peach. Keep bringing all my problems to a pillow fire And I am just trying to get to you But it's not your fault, no, it's not your fault, no, it's not your fault, no, no Cause if I'm gonna learn how to love you I need to unlearn how to love too Need to unlearn how to run when it feels right Oh my god, I'm trying If I'm gonna learn how to choose you I need to unlearn what I'm used to Need to unlearn how to run when it feels right Oh my god, I'm trying Oh, gorgeous. So that's there too, by the way. Um, What is coming up for you? Uh, A lot of new music that I have literally never been more excited for. Like, I really am so... Uh, so excited. I think mainly because there was a really long stretch uh, second half of last year where writing became really difficult for me. For the first time in my life, I felt stuck for the longest consecutive number of of like weeks um, to months, honestly. And for the past two months, uh, I've luckily kind of gotten over that 
um, that hump. And, and so I've just been writing so much and in kind of just tapping into feelings that I've never really written about, um, which has been a massive relief because I knew for sure that I didn't want to make the same project twice. Um, and I know that I'm not doing that. So I'm kind of just rolling with it right now. And, uh, and hopefully people like it. Of course people are going to like it, but I could just hear the pressure you'd put on yourself in that voice. I didn't want <laughs> to make the same music twice. I just want to evolve. Like I want to, I don't want to stay in the same place. I don't want to, I don't want to bore myself mainly. And, and, and I think, um, I am, I'm relieved that I'm not bored of what I'm making right now. So I think that crossed. needs to be the Dave. new mantra for everyone. Not like, yeah. I want to do self-discovery. Just like, I just don't want to bore myself. This yeah. is excellent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I want to write music for as long as, as people will, will have me. And so as long as I can keep it interesting for me too, while being like super honest is, is definitely the goal. Absolutely. Let's not bore ourselves. <laughs> exactly. It's the worst. Yeah. yeah. Casey, thank you so much for being on our show today. It has been thank such you. a pleasure. You are now, the best. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Listeners, Gracie Abrams' new single, Mess It Up, is out now across all platforms. So make sure you give it a stream or a download today and do check out that video because it's really good. <laughs> and finally, issue 10 of Women in Pop magazine is out in just a couple of weeks. So go to womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe to be the first in the queue to get your copy. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back uh, with another episode very soon. And until then, from myself and the gorgeous Gracie Abrams, goodbye. Bye. Bye.